Critical Conversations episode seven. Seven, right? yeah, I think so. Seven or eight. So I always forget. It's definitely not eight. I'm pretty sure it's seven. <laughs> okay, yeah. <I> think <laughs> right. Yeah, so this was originally going to be part two of Supreme Court, but we decided to throw a little curveball. By the way, my name is Sam Castles, my co host, Jared Bessie. Um, yes, happy and, to be here. Yeah. We were going to be doing Supreme Court part two, and then the debate happened, and we were like, let's take a little little break, break down the debate, and talk about what before. happened. And here we are. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah, when well, we said on like <laughs> Monday, we were like, oh, well, it'll be perfect. You know, we'll, do, we'll have stuff to talk about at the debate. And then I feel like the debate happened, and we were just like, well, <laughs> that was um, something. But yeah, uh, I think it'll be good to talk about just some of these issues that were involved in the debate and some of these conversations that are going to be continuing going forward. Uh, I think there's a lot of news that's come out from around those. Um, yeah. And I think just looking at what the state of our like country is going to be after these debates. Um, and then we can kind of reconvene before, after the third debate again. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting for sure. I totally so. had my microphone moved over here. Oh, so. Well, you sound really there we go. <laughs> Okay, if you can hear me now, that's a good sign. Yes, that's correct. Um, okay, so you've got a couple pieces of news we're going to do before we uh, jump into the debate, correct? Yes, not much. We, I mean, the debate is uh, just shattered the news cycle. There's yep, or like topics from the debate are you know taking over all the news. Right. If anything so. else is going on, I haven't heard about it. <laughs> I do have, I do have right. one little thing. Um, this is a piece from the BBC that I'm reading from. Um, I'm not going to share the screen, but basically uh, the U.S. Senate, uh, the Commerce Committee is gearing up and subpoenaed the heads of Google, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, so basically it just means they're calling them to testify to this committee. Uh, originally the committee was a Republican effort to have the, the big tech CEOs talk about uh, maybe unfair censorship, right? Uh, sort of how they decide what gets flagged as fake news and what's not, which is a big concern for Republican senators. Right. Uh, the Democrats did not want to do this, but once the platform sort of broadened, uh, the Democrats came on board and they're going to also be talking about sort of antitrust, how big the tech corporations are, right. what's the other thing? uh oh fake news i think okay yeah it makes sense i mean i feel like these, these kinds of things happen every few years like the big right. tech companies are called in to testify and just like talk about whatever the big issues are i mean they're just yes. they're become such a huge part of american life that it's like hard to not have conversations without them because <laughs> they're yeah. listening whether <laughs> you know like uh Right. Yeah, it does happen a lot. And I was actually just thinking there's an amazing uh, bad lip reading video. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the YouTube video of bad oh, yeah. lip reading, but basically they just take clips of some famous event and then put their own dialogue in. And it's it looks real because they make the words try to match the lips. They right. have a great one called Interrogating Zuckerberg. 100% <laughs> look that up. It's from the last, great. maybe a couple times ago when Zuckerberg was called. Oh, and that was a the Senate and viral oh sensation. Oh man, the video is amazing. If you have not seen that, go look that up. It's right, I'll have to watch good. that one. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see what what the uh, big tech giants have to say about all of that. I mean, obviously, that's going to be a huge role in election 
coverage and especially yep. as we're looking like we're trending toward a election decision that does not come for a long time uh, November 3rd is very unlikely to be decisive on that day and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news and debates and narratives flying around and uh, yeah so I'm sure the senators want to make sure that they're right keeping an eye on them I have really no idea what if anything productive will come of it a lot of times it seems like the senators want to get their one-liners in get their media yeah. clip roll out right, they want to yeah they just want to get get their point across to these other yeah. famous people sitting across the aisle so right i've seen a lot of clips where they like ask the question and then it sort of starts getting answered and then they just leave like <laughs> they don't yeah, even they, they just, don't even they stick just, around for the hearing they just like yeah. want to be answer. like oh i tried you know yeah so well, before, go ahead no i was just gonna talk about another piece of news i i remember that i want to talk about no go for it yeah. so um so this one's a little bit more like close to what I do with religious freedom stuff. So Nevada released new COVID rules. I saw this on Twitter today. And basically they're saying that um, they can open up to 50%. Everything can open up to 50% unless that's more than 250 people. So that's like a cap, Got which it. only applies to certain places, which includes churches. It does not apply to casinos in Nevada. So casinos can have up to 50% with no cap, but churches and other places of business have to have a, have a cap. What a good and look. So it's just one of the, another one of these moments where it's like, this is not good for the, the state. And there's a lot of really dumb legislation and you know lawsuits flying around about COVID, but this is one that I'm like, you really expect yeah. people in, a church are going to be way, way worse than people in a casino. <laughs> right. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A little special interest going on somewhere there, huh? Right. Which, I mean, it's Nevada. So what do you, what do you expect too much? It actually reminded me, I do have one more COVID news. Okay, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, Mississippi is the first state to lift mask mandate. So. Oh, interesting. Basically, everyone was required to wear a mask and I'm sure there were certain conditions about like when you're in public or in a store or something like that. But uh, right. yeah, Mississippi's the first one. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves lifted the statewide mask mandate during a press conference on Wednesday. Makes Mississippi the first state in the country to lift the mask mandate. So presumably counties and cities could still be like, okay, you have to wear them in our stores in our city, but statewide, there's no, there's no mandate anymore. Right. Yeah. I think there have been states that haven't ever enacted like a statewide mask right. mandate, right. but there's never been a state that had it and then went back from it. This is the right. first. Got rid time. of it. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder what the cases are like in Mississippi, if they've been going up or down. Cause I know a lot of the like more rural states are just now like going reaching, down, get, reaching yeah. their peaks or oh, starting. Oh yeah. 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 Like it's, no, it's rising because, yeah, it's because the cases were going down. So that's good. Um, yeah, the looks like the mask mandate started on August 5th as the cases were trending upwards. Okay. And then uh, right around August 5th, there were 17 consecutive days where there was more than a thousand daily average coronavirus cases. But now okay. that daily average is down to 500. So that's why they went back. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yep. So 
Who knows, Reeves said, we are moving to an executive order wherein I trust the people of Mississippi to do the right thing. If you want to call that the quote, honor system, unquote, that's fine with me. Uh, right, he just doesn't want to make it a legal, a legal obligation anymore. Yeah, just having people decide for themselves. So, interesting. pretty interesting. Yep. We'll see if any other states follow suit. I sort of doubt it, but. I feel like mask mandates might be around for a long time to come. <laughs> yeah, especially in like, you know, California, New York. In big cities. Big cities. They're yeah, going to yeah. be there for another year. So I, I would be yeah. my guess, yeah. at least. At so. least till the vaccine is around or a drug or something widespread, like that. And widespread. I think it's like, even if we have a vaccine, right, it's not true. until it's, you know, truly prevalent. Yeah. Crazy. We'll see. Cool. Uh, I have a silly piece of news. Oh yeah. Today, uh, the Smash Brothers Ultimate announced a new character, and it's Minecraft Steve, which is big news if you play Smash Bros. Anyone who doesn't big, know, big news. I think it's just—it's really funny because, like, I don't know. It just doesn't—it doesn't seem to fit Smash at all. But I saw like yeah. I saw like the videos with like the the stages that are all like Minecraft stages they're gonna have, and like you can play as Steve, like. Sounds wild. Sign me up. Yep. It's pretty wild. I mean, it used to be like just kind of all Nintendo characters and a couple more. And people had been joking forever that Minecraft Steve was going to get an ultimate. And right. he's, yeah. Did you know Minecraft is the best selling game in the, in the world? Best selling video game? Like of all time? Yep, all time. Wow. I thought, so did it pass GTA? Because I thought GTA was. Yeah, so GTA the, 5 has. It might be the most grossing. Oh, maybe. GTA 5 has 135,000 sales. Okay. Minecraft has 200,000, which is like a lot more. <laughs> a lot more. So, that's a lot of well, it's, amazing. it's amazing that game has stayed relevant and popular for the last like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it's I was playing huge. that in middle school and it's still popular. Like, right. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So. So that's the end of the silly news, and now we get into the depressing news. <laughs> now we get into the depressing news, which is the debate. Uh, yeah, so the debate happened. It did. It did happen. I had a uh, watch party, which was super fun. Yeah, I had a couple um, of people over. So we just, like, literally going into it, I had a few expectations, but mostly I was there for, for entertainment value because I knew that with this point in our politics, we've talked about this, like, not much was going to be accomplished probably from this debate and a right. lot of statistics say you know debates don't do that much to actually change people's minds right um, but i was i was optimistic and hoping that some good stuff would come out of it but it did not take long for it to descend into madness <laughs> right yeah yeah it it was uh it was way worse than i expected i mean i expected it to be a show i think everyone tuned in because they expected that, but right. yeah, I mean, it was way worse than I imagined. The basic public response was like, that was the worst public, that was the worst presidential debate ever. And we're all like worse off for watching it. And we all, <laughs> we're all just sad that that's what we've come to. And yeah, I can't say I disagree with any of that. Yeah, it's just, it's too bad. Cause like I, a debate's never gonna change like the candidate's mind it's not like to actually like it's just it's it's a way to talk tell the people and show these two different points of, of right. views and different opinions on the same topic and help you inform your, your vote and help you inform your choice and i just feel like people would just leave that 
more depressed, more confused, confused. Yeah. Like what policy issues did they talk about? Like Biden tried some, but they were mostly like, oh, I didn't actually, I don't support that anymore. Or maybe I support that. And Trump didn't say anything because it, his platform isn't much in general. So it's just like, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Yep. It was, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like it's, the debate is more to convince your, your mythical undecided voter, your more centrist voter on what side he or she might choose, but it doesn't feel like anyone is really in the middle these days or if they are, if that was convincing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say, though, there w- was a lot to gain and lose from this debate that wasn't necessarily, like, convincing voters to come to your side. I don't know. I feel no, like, okay, I, f- yeah. for example, Joe Biden, like, a lot of the talking points from the right were Joe Biden is not sure where he is, he's unwell, he's mentally declining, he's yep. battling stuff if Trump's going to crush him and he's not going to know where he is. So Biden, I think, did not uh, disappoint. Like he, or he did disappoint. He did disappoint. Right. The, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He definitely was not the sort of clips that you might see where he's misspeaking or saying something nonsensical. He was much better. Right. I think he looked better mm-hmm. in these debates than he did in a lot of the primary debates. Like a yeah. lot of those primary debates, he didn't seem prepared and was just going to coast. But this, he had like clear talking points. He had clear stump speeches that he was like looking at the camera and talking directly to the audience. Right. Like there were clear moments right. that he was told to do these things. Um, and on the flip side, I think that Trump had, you know, he's down in the polls. He is, you know, seemingly from a, for an incumbent, it's very rare that he's, you know, he's doing as poorly as he is. So I think he needed right. to show like, that he still had the stuff and that he could, um, you know, still have, you still have it. And I had kind of expected more out of him than we got, which was mostly just babbling nonsense. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think he tried to, tr- I think he honestly, his, his plan was if I go in and I speak loud enough and I speak strong enough and I talk over Biden, he'll, men- he'll mess up and he'll say some really dumb things. Exactly. Yeah. And he didn't. He's, yeah. I think in the first 15 minutes, it was like, okay, Biden really didn't say much at all. But then as the date went on, like he got stronger and stronger. And I think by the end, it was um, rough for Trump. So yeah, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. He wanted to throw Biden off his talking points, sort of get him off yep. the scripts. And it, as soon as Biden has to improvise. I'm sure the hope was, oh, that's when he's going to have his signature gaffes. That's when he's going to say something that makes right. no sense and Which, speak. Um, yeah, it seems yeah, like it's a, a legitimate plan, strategy. Right? Like, but, yeah, no, I, I get why he was, but, told, he was probably told to do that. Um, but it obviously, in my opinion, went way over the top. Yeah. And it started to look like, well, how are you going to get him to misspeak if he's not ever allowed to like get in word you know yeah because biden could just sit back and like not say as much and then trump would speak out like just would keep talking and then wallace would have to intervene and so then the moderator is now debating you know trump and it's just like so i felt bad for for chris wallace for sure yeah poor guy crap from both sides of the aisle now for asking poor questions whether they're yeah. like, oh, they're too loaded for Trump. Like he was being so much meaner to Trump or he was, 
you know, but I've seen the other side say, well, the whole way he frames some of these questions are from a conservative point of view. And so it's just like, yep. you can't win. And I feel bad for him because yep. I know he did really well in 2016 and people liked him a lot. And this was not, not the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's a lose-lose for Wallace. There was no way he was walking out with anyone being happy. Both sides were going to have complaints, I think, no matter what. Well, and he, and he was, I don't know if you read his New York Times interview the next day, but he like was saying like he just thought he was going to be able to ask these questions and sit back and let them talk because he was like they will they will talk to each other but he just that did not happen and it quickly slipped away from him and he was yeah. like I feel like I did poorly so he at least like understands that it was in a tough spot <laughs> yeah yeah I mean right I I feel for him I don't think it could have been done super easily and there's there's a lot of conversation about well what does this mean for debate two and three? Because right. a repeat of this is like absolutely not worth anyone's time. A lot of options being considered. Yeah. Including not having them. Like I know Nancy Pelosi, or I, I, I read, I shouldn't say, I, I'm not sure, but she's been saying like one and done that Trump showed he's not willing to have a reasonable debate. So now we're justified in pulling out. And I totally get that argument. Um, yeah, like at first, when I heard that argument before the first debate, I was like, oh, it's just, you know, people wanting to, Biden's not up to it, he's not mentally fit enough to do it, so that's why they don't want these debates, and they're going to use this right. argument that Trump, you know, is going to be too mean, or whatever, but now after right. watching the first debate, I'm like, ah. <laughs> the yeah. argument has a little bit, you know. Yeah, he played hard. right into that characterization, he really did. He really did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it. Trump could have done a lot better than he did. I don't think that could be categorized as a win in any case. I do think, I don't think I would totally say Biden was 100% on his game either. He definitely was rattled a little bit. I think he waffled on a few things. Yeah, I think it was typical politician speak. He dodged a lot of answers. Dodged a lot of questions. You know, he didn't give a clear plan to any of the different things. He said he wanted to get back in Paris agreements in the climate change section. He wanted to do something about COVID that he'd do better. I couldn't really tell. Right. He talked so about like, how he doesn't support the Green New Deal, but then he said right. the Green New Deal would pay for itself. And the truth is his plan is very similar to the Green New Deal. So. Right. He was a little more clear on uh, when they talked about the ACA, Obamacare. So that was, but I mean, that makes sense because he was such an integral part of that. Like, right. Um, that's his baby right so <laughs> that makes yeah sense, but so we're planning on going kind of through topic by topic i know we, we just kind of referenced a few high level things but i really think it's probably counterproductive to like go into the weeds and figure out like who's right on each issue i i mean there were so many statements flown the tr truths and lies and facts like on both sides like you it was it's too hard to you know sort it all yeah so I think we I mean, can just talk general debate points and more from like a more from a political science standpoint of like okay how did they do instead of were they right <laughs> or right. what plan is better if that makes sense. Yeah, that's there's I mean talk about a loaded list of questions, huge right. topics with tons of evidence for both sides really, and uh, I think a lot of Trump and Biden's claims were either misleading or not true at all and i'm sure you can make a case for 
either one being the the worse off or whatever but yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean both of them have been shown that they're politicians they're not afraid to lie when they need to lie or yep speak partial truths which is which just is exciting much things. better <laughs> yeah just the exciting state of our politics right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I think the last thing I'll say before we jump into it is, yeah, at the end of the day, well, maybe this is more of a wrap-up, but yeah, I'll save it for a wrap-up. Okay. <laughs> how did we get here? Right. No, for, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I didn't, so first, the first question was on the Supreme Court, um, specifically, like, what they, so... Amy Coney Barrett has been nominated, which I, we didn't cover that in the news section, but that was a big part of the first part of the news. That's right. Yeah. Well, I was correct. You were wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what we kind of figured. Right. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week when we get to our um, yes. go to part two. More to come. But I feel like this question, there was much more to gain for Biden on this question, right? Um, because Trump's been pretty open and clear yeah. about, you know, like, I am the president, we have the Senate, you're going to right. vote on the president. And right. the hypocrite argument, like it holds some some water. We talked about that last week, but like, you know, they're gonna do what they're gonna do because they have the power. So it is right. what it is. Um, whereas I feel like Biden had the opportunity to make clear claim whether he was going to um, pack the courts because he was asked that directly by Wallace. Yeah. Like, Are you gonna tell us tonight whether you're gonna pack the courts? And his statement was, whatever I say is going to be the news, which is fair, but also we want to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just refused to answer it, which is like a legitimate politician strategy. You say yep. either way, I'm going to either enrage the side that disagrees with me and potentially cause them to turn out or, uh, or I, you know, right. Which makes sense from a policy standpoint, because like, especially right. a lot of it is his own party that he's talking to. No one, no, most conservatives and most Republicans aren't going to be changed no matter, no matter what he says, as much as I right. want to know what he's going to say. But right. like his own base is going to be upset one way or the other. So yeah. I can understand why he doesn't want to answer it. Yeah, uh, that's just a political calculus. Like it looks bad yeah. to not answer, but it also could be bad to answer right. one way or the other. So. And I think there are other bigger talking points from the debate that that kind of got lost. Sure. Um, and I think it's going to be hard for Biden to go a full, another full month without answering that question. Maybe he can get away with it, but with two more debates and a million reporters asking all the time. And as the nomination like actually starts, the process starts, like I think it's going to be tough for him to not, to never answer that before the election, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It's not going to go away on its own. Yeah. So the first, so Supreme Court, Trump's argument was basically you're elected for four years and yep. Biden's argument was yep. it's an election year, let the people decide. Trump's basically the people already have decided. Right. There was Flip a lot of yelling. Yep. Yep. And then they quickly switched to talking about the Affordable Care Act, which makes sense from Biden's strategy that he just wanted to, because that's going to be up in the beginning of the next Supreme Court. Like that's a case on the docket already planned. Uh, so it makes sense whoever the new nominee is, it's going to be important to that. And right. so I understand why he he had that little route in there, but it switched pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what exactly was said. Talked a little bit about how many Americans are losing health care one way, and then Trump made a claim about people losing their private insurance one way. Right, and Biden's like, that's a lie. And, and then Trump was like, that's a lie. 
Right. I think the best debate point from on that section is like Biden saying you had four years and you gave us no plan. Like, which I think is not less on Trump and more on Senate Republicans. Like they had all the power in those first two years and all like, they had, you know, and they did nothing. They couldn't come up with a plan. They stalled and stalled and stalled. And yeah. that's on them, honestly. Yeah. You know, we can't, can't leave. This is not, I mean, now it's going to be at the courts, but this is, that's not how we should talk about these big issues. We talked about that last week, agree. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. There are a lot of things that both sides like to kick down the road and then use it as a point to get elected again. And it's like, come on. Yep. Yeah, do something yep. about it and move on. This is the same. We have the same debate topics every single cycle. <laughs> right. We're not, not, they're not going away, which and it's also tough because I guess COVID parties, is new. This is new. COVID is new. This is true. No, but I was like, the parties have uh, different, like, priori- they prioritize different opinions, right? Like, so climate change is super salient for Democratic leading voters, and it's like the bottom of the list for conservative voters. And so it's like, right. it's hard to have a, those kind of conversations. But. Yeah. 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 That's I thought fun. it was interesting the way. Chris Wallace sort of went about the questions or at least attempted to at the beginning, which was basically, I'm not going to pick one question for Trump, one question for Biden. I'm going to give you both the same question and answer it. Why should someone vote for your policy instead of his? And then it's like completely impartial or whatever. But they ended up being really long questions, really open-ended that were just kind of like, why are you right on the Supreme Court? Why are you right on COVID. Why are those you right like on? big, yeah, those big open questions. Yeah, and then he got yeah. a little specific in after the like stump speeches, but yeah, a little bit when he started kind of particularly pressing on each one. But he like for those big things, he'd be like, "You have two minutes of uninterrupted time to answer generally." Right. And yeah, I mean, once they're that general, like it starts to feel like, okay, well, of course, nothing productive is gonna like we know right. what their stump speeches are at this point. Right. But, so what was after? Um, Let's go to, oh, so COVID was, COVID yeah, was next. COVID, yep. Right. Yes. And that was, again, kind of, I mean, the it's interesting because Trump, obviously, as the incumbent, has been taking questions from the press. And right. every time he started speaking, I was like, well, I've heard this speech before. Like, right, because the same stuff he's been saying. Right. Whereas Biden, I was like, okay, these are a little, it's a little bit different because I haven't heard him speak on everything and whatever. But yeah, I, I feel like Trump is blamed for a ton of things. And I think there's a lot of things that the, the government could do to be better um, during this crisis. But I feel like a lot of that's on Congress and not a lot of it's on the president. I think there are some things that could have been done. And especially as a leadership standpoint, I think he's failed in a lot of ways from like mm. getting up, be like, wear your mask. Like, you know, these different kinds of things from a, as a leadership yeah. standpoint that he could have done. I think he's right. blamed for, you know, I see those, these like death chart videos and then he's just in the background, like, oh, so yeah. Trump killed all these people. Like, that's a bit, that's a bit much. Right. Um, but I think Trump's defense was you would have let more people die if Biden had been in office. And that to me doesn't, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't buy that argument very much. Like what's the point of the hypothetical that wouldn't have happened because he wasn't president. Like, that doesn't help us. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, it's just obviously such a huge issue with so many sides. Like, it's really hard to yeah. break down one way or the other. But 
Yeah. Yeah, those are my initial thoughts on that. Um, there's, there's just there's it's, a lot of yelling. Yeah, and Biden wasn't clear about what kind of plan he was going to have if elected. Like, is he going to initiate lockdowns again? That's what Trump was saying. But Biden was yeah. like, no, but maybe if it needs it. Like, so I, it's, yeah. I would guess if Biden gets elected, he would not institute shutdowns again because so many people would just hate it. And I think it would cause more unrest. But I've been wrong before. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I give them both zero points for this section. Yep. There was just a lot of yelling on both sides. And yep. Biden was like, more people have, all these people have died because of you. And then Trump was like, more people would have died because of you. And Right. It's like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what was next? Uh, let's see. Got into Corona and then... Oh, the, econ about the economy. economy? Was that oh, yeah, there was the questions on whether it's a V-shaped economy or a K-shaped economy. Oh, Do you want to explain that a little bit? Because I was still like... I mean, honestly, when I was like, oh, I was like, this is a good question. I don't, I've never heard Biden talk about K-shaped economy. I didn't even know that. Right. And uh, I still don't know what. <laughs> I, I, do you? I don't remember what he said. I have no idea. I don't think he. I don't was think clear he talked about K shape. I don't. No. I don't know. I don't know what V shape <laughs> means. Well, like it went down and now it's going back up. But what is so, what does K mean? Uh, hold on. A K shaped recovery is when the economy is in a K. Uh, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to. Read. I'm trying to read. I think it's if it goes down let's see how does a k look it like it goes down and then up and then down at the same time like it goes up for some people and down for some other people like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer i think that's the idea oh okay like it goes one goes up and one goes down that's my guess I see. which would make sense and i think yeah that's that's what i that's what i gained is that what biden said i don't remember no, that. no i don't think he did but that's what i'm thinking whether they're talking well about. now that you say that i feel like i do remember him talking about the rich like he said something like uh oh well during this the super rich have seen their incomes grow by millions but the average joe like you guys out there has it's been very difficult or very hard or something like that yeah according to 538's um debate chat they were talking about different ways the economy recovers and there is like the u which is like it goes down for a long time and spikes back up the v is like a quick like there's like a swoosh which is a, it goes really down really slow and then kind of slowly comes back up um and they're saying it's somewhere between a v and then the slow swoosh which is like an l uh, but not really a k but there are definitely parts of the economy where it's recovering quicker and other parts aren't. So that's right, what they yeah. say. So I don't leave that to, to you, listener. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I think that was just so much yelling in that section that I was like, I don't, nothing is salient on this. It right. Of value. Yep. Uh, around that time, Joe Biden said Donald Trump's the worst president we've ever had which I think is a new thing for a debate 
person to ever say like you're usually more it's probably a first a little bit more a little bit more uh less decorum there but also he was being yelled at constantly so yeah there was so much dirty <laughs> stuff that got said i think I didn't, I didn't mention this at the top but i wanted to and uh my favorite moment of the whole debate was it's pretty early on before they were interrupting each other a lot and Biden interrupted with some snide comment and Trump while Trump was speaking and he just like was like leaning forward and then he just like paused and just like sighed and just like stopped and then resumed and it was just oh my gosh I died <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, no words yep so then we got into the question on race yes which was I think the has been the most talked about since the debate um, yeah there was a lot that was said yeah so i think first it was like i know people were upset about how the question was phrased because it was like race and violence in america as opposed to like racial inequality in america um but i think credit to wallace he directly asked trump like what is your plan to help black americans to, like and then Trump was like law and order, which means nothing. I think like, I don't know. They like, I feel like he didn't answer that question very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Biden didn't, wasn't directly asked that question, I don't think. And so uh, he didn't really say anything in particular. Um, but yeah. And then of course we had the whole white supremacists uh, back and forth. Yeah where Trump was asked to define or like to deny, like say that he doesn't support white supremacists, which he has done on the past, um, which is why I'm just like, why don't you just say, yep, I denounce white supremacists, let's move on. Like, yeah, it's I not, don't know. it's not like I get like the argument, like, oh, he said it a million times, why does he have to say it once more? Sure, but that's what he's being asked to debate. Like, this is when millions of people are tuning in say it now i don't know so that was kind of ridiculous i thought yeah i don't know i mean he totally biffed it like i don't i honestly don't know what what goes on in his head when this question comes up i mean i guess the main thing for him is he's denounced this before in his mind and he's tired of this narrative i, I think part of his beliefs is, well, white supremacy is evil and bad, but it's not that big a deal. And it right. keeps getting talked about and it Which keeps is why trying to get associated with me. So I want to divert this and talk. brings up Antifa, whatever. But yeah. I also think, yeah, I think he, there's something he doesn't like, I mean, whether it's ego or something, he doesn't like being bullied into saying something, you know, it's like a four-year-old, like, yep. He knows you want him to say something, so he, he just can't bring himself to play along. Yeah, and it's like, and even if I think I've heard the narrative, like, he doesn't need to say it because it's like, it's whatever, even if you think it's not a big issue, like, clearly to a lot of Americans, it is a big issue, and he is right. associated with that, so he should have to say it over and over. Like, I don't think that's, an, like, he is the president. Like, you can you can say things over and over again that's not uh, i don't think that's a, a a great argument right and of course yeah. the whole proud boys section was a um a big talking point over the last couple of days yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We want to get into that much, but like, I did some research into their organization and watched some clips of them, and because I was just curious, because I had never, I had never heard of that organization. Yep, me neither. Um, but yeah, I would encourage. I'm not going to say what I think because I don't think I have a valid opinion. I don't have like a strong opinion yet. But I would encourage you to go read about it, look into it. Don't just believe that it's oh, it's totally fine. Like it's a totally valid organization, and don't believe that it's just like a horrible, like the worst group of people ever. Because I've never heard of them. Um, right. they've done some I think they've done some bad things so I, I would encourage you to go go do yeah. your own research yeah I haven't looked that much into it um, either I mean it sort of seems like I don't know yeah I just don't know like I just think of the men's group from uh Parks and Rec you know where they're just like <laughs> you know the met like I, I forget what they are but like yeah I think I never remember what you're talking about yeah, yeah. anyway yeah there's so much I mean Chris Wall said, are you ready to condemn white supremacists and say they need to stand down during ongoing demonstrations? And Trump said, sure, I'm willing to, but I would say almost anything I see is from the left wing and he puts it back. I'm willing to do right. anything. I want to see peace. And then Joe is like, say it, do it, say it. And then Trump was like, who do you want me to condemn? Like what name? And then Biden says, proud boys. And then yeah, proud boys stand back and stand by which a lot of people were like, that's not a, that's not a condemnation. That's not a condemnation. But I don't, I think in his mind it was, right? I, I think, but obviously I think what matters <sighs> is like how people respond to that. And like, obviously the Proud Boys like have made t-shirts, like are like taking it as a sign of approval. Right. Which isn't good, no, like. Yes. That, so that's really bad and like yep. i don't care what you think he he wanted to say that's not what happened in in, in effect right he um, should have been more clear i yep. think like i said in his mind he's tired of playing long he's done he sure. has denounced it before but you can tell he doesn't like going out of his way because first of all it he's doing what they want him to do and i think second of all i i don't know if this is true or not but i i genuinely think i mean this is probably not even a debate, but the white supremacist vote, whatever that means, whatever <laughs> racist, right. like however many people there actually are, that's obviously up for debate, full on white supremacist. They're probably voting for Trump. And I don't think he wants to go out of his way to make them mad, which is probably a terrible thing. Yep. I don't know if that's true, but it, no, I mean that, I that, wonder if that's at play. Like I, it is clear that white supremacist groups support him, whether he supports them back. Right. That is pretty proven. Um, and so I don't know what the campaign strategy is there, but like, yeah, it, if he truly wanted to distance, distance himself from them, he could do more. Right. Um, right. Because just, clearly they support him. And if he was trying to push them away, they wouldn't support him. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It seems so obvious to me that he should be like, much more diligent about how he phrases it. Yep. If he's asked to do it repeatedly, just do it repeatedly. But like, yeah, again, I yeah. think he's tired of answering the same question. I think he's tired of everyone making like the issue about white supremacy when he thinks there's other things that are the real issue. And yep. yeah, it's just part of a much bigger web of, well, like what's the bigger issue? Is it, is it white supremacy the bigger issue? Or is it just police brutality? Is it is there a crime problem like there's i mean it's a huge web of things that right and obviously and it's, 
it's sad that you have a debate with like there are really bad issues on race in America right now. And instead of having a productive conversation about how these parties can have a conversation about that yep. in the future, all we're talking about is this white supremacist organization that has so few right. members and is just right. this fringe right group. Right? Like right. that's just that's just really sad to me. Um, yeah. Cause you this sort of thing is just more exposure. Like it really yeah. is when when you when you take something like I'm not saying this is true for white supremacists, but if if you take a like a group of something that's terrible or a terrible individual, like even someone who's like someone shoots up a school or something, and then all of a sudden there's nonstop media focus on that, that 100% inspires more school shooters. It does. Right. Like I don't, right, I'm not saying it's they want it's it's for the attention, right? Like that's, for the attention. Yeah. That's why. I'm not saying that means we need to like not cover it. Like, I don't know what the solution is, but the point, of, the right. point I'm trying to make is when you focus on like, oh, this is a huge problem. These people, you're just giving them exposure. Like it's the same thing. I think humans are just terrible at dealing with social media and the internet in, in that we have this like ridiculous thing called the internet. And now whoever's the loudest and the more the most hateful like that gets clicks and yep. it just yep. amplifies it it 100 yep. percent does and i this will tie back into wrapping it up but yeah it's the same issue here with this proud boys it's like why are it's a yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just get uh, uh, more and more depressed the more we talk about this <laughs> yeah i think it's just such a it's just a like the whole debate in general the missed opportunity yeah. um and again it's not going to change it may not change people's minds but it's an opportunity to have a good discussion about something and we did not get that yeah yeah i would love to see you know president trump or the white house sit down with community leaders all over the nation and spend time just trying to come up with solutions right and different uh, from just send like sometimes focus i get like, on yeah police force and like the national guard is necessary but also like that's not the only solution there are, yeah like yeah so let's sit down and listen let's like yeah. let's look at some statistics let's hear what's actually happening but instead i think both, both, yeah but i haven't seen that i don't think on the left either like there's a general you know oh there's systematic racism oh there's a police brutality issue but there's not really a okay, here's the plan. Like, here's how we move forward. I was watching something the other day that said like, none of the people in power should be a lot, like can't change their mind basically. Like yeah. they won't be able to sit down and have a conversation and change their mind and put in good, good laws. Which I think if you, if you approach something like that, no matter which side you're on, if you approach a conversation like that, and those people in power are truly bad people and they will never be able to fix these issues, you you won't be able to fix these issues because you're unwilling to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, so I think people's minds can be changed, and we have to believe that. Otherwise, the like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know what else to add here. Um, yeah. They talked about the climate. Um, I think I think the last thing we can talk about is the election stuff. Um. 
And I yeah, think climate was more of the same. It was more of the yelling, and Trump doesn't really care about the climate because his supporters don't really care about the climate, so he had nothing really to say. Right. Um, he said, like, uh, humans are a part of it, but there's a lot of other issues. Right. Whatever. Biden sort of wants to play to the Green New Deal, but also doesn't want to associate all the way with it. Right, because it's the far left. It doesn't want right. to get lumped in that. So, like, kind of unclear what he actually means. Yep. He's waffled on fracking before. Yep. Waffled on what oil regulations are going to look like. So, who knows? Yep. No clarity. Thanks, no clarity. Yep. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> but I think the last thing that we could have gotten clarity on that we, again, didn't um, was, I talked about this last week a little bit, Trump not giving a clear answer of the transfer of power and the casting doubt on the outcome of November. Um, right. And I thought, like, the debate is a perfect time. I think this is the, the part where I think Biden truly beat Trump in that Biden looked into the camera and said, no matter what happens in November, we will accept the outcome, whether I win or whether I lose, someone will be president, and that will be the end of it. I trust that democracy is going to happen. Um, and I thought that was, that was really well said and done. And then... Yeah you turn to Trump and he's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. out there. It's like, yeah. And I think Wallace asked the question, like, well, what are you going to do about it? Like you are the president, fix it. And he's just like, ah, nah, it's already, you know, it's going to be bad. Yeah. And he said it might go to the courts and, you know, Barrett would potentially be on the hook for that. And... Which I'm, I'm skeptical about that argument. I don't know if the Supreme court is actually going to help him out. So even if they confirm, you know, he's got three judges on there. I'm, yeah. I think, they're smarter than that, but I could be wrong because they outweigh yeah. presidents. <laughs> right. They out. Yeah, exactly. Can't vote them out. So one might think they're a lot more committed to truth because they're not actually trying to get reelected or whatever. But right. Who knows, man? Not yeah. Me. So I was, I was, yeah. I was very disappointed with that answer because I thought yeah. could have been there could have been I, some reassurance there at the end. It's like, well, okay, you know, we're gonna be okay, either way, maybe he just messed up when he said this earlier. Right. No, he's doubling down. Well, plus, like, you can <laughs> – this is extremely cynical, but you can at least say that you're going to accept it, right? And then, right? and then let's say something does go terribly wrong and you do feel like there's – like, this could happen with Biden 100%. Hmm? Like, if – let's say Trump wins and – after the mail-in votes come in, then Biden could say something like, oh, there was widespread voter suppression. I mean, that is clearly a left narrative. And there's probably a lot of evidence to say, yeah, I mean, Republicans are do have efforts to curtail mail-in voting. But obviously, for them, that's an anti-fraud thing. But to the left, that's the fraud itself. It's, right. So there's a case that Biden could definitely make uh, come November or whenever this is decided. But yeah, you're right. Like you take that opportunity to say, I will respect the, a fair outcome, but sort of the subtext is like, we'll see what the fair outcome is and like how it can actually be arrived to. Right. Cause I think there could be valid complaints like this is a COVID, like this is, a, you know, a year of a COVID election. We don't know what's going to happen. Like right. there's going to be a lot of issues, but I think, especially as the incumbent, the prep, like you, you control a lot of these agencies, you control a lot of these places, like your administration is doing a lot of this, set clear boundaries, make sure there's no fraud. Like you should not be yeah. the one fighting about fraud if you're the one in the off. I don't know. 
I guess, but it just feels so weird to have the incumbent setting up the rules for the election. You know what I'm that's saying? True. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I, I mean, maybe he doesn't care, but he probably should care about, well, I can't get my nose too deeply into this because that's going to have a bad look. And right. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good, that's a point. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I really, I really don't know how November is going to happen. We're, I'm sure we'll have an episode about that at some point, but yeah. Yeah, it's, there's a really interesting sort of thought pattern coming from the Democrats right now, which is basically mail-in voting is legitimate. There's not going to be any fraud that way. But on the same hand, they're saying there's voter suppression going on and the election might not be fair that way. So like... It's, a diff- it's almost a flip. It's a flip of the... Yeah. Yeah, but there's like a subtle distinction, like where it's like, yep. okay, mail-in ballots are good, but voter suppression is bad. Right, because you're preventing mail-in voters or you're, you know, like... You're like not setting enough polling locations or, or not you're... open late enough or long enough or whatever. Right, or you're requirements are too high or you're acquiring a postmark when you should require it later. Like there's a ton of different ways to spin it. I think some of those are valid. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're actually like suppressed votes as much as we th- as they might claim, but I think some of those things could be fixed. And I, I often don't understand a lot of the Republican arguments to just yeah. do these things because, Oh, maybe fraud. It's like, right. I don't well, buy some of that argument, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so wild that in any other year, like if COVID was not happening, right? right. And we were having these changes to like electric system where, okay, now we're sending ballots or now we're accepting it this day or that day, or now you can mail in vote, even if you're not like forced to, and you can just do right, it right, if right. you want to. If those things happened a month and a half away from the debate, Without COVID, it would be a huge scandal because that's like changing the rules midway through, right? But now COVID is here and we don't have a choice. Like we have to do something, right? You can't just say, okay, everyone has to show up. Like clearly there are classes of people who are sick or immunocompromised, whatever. Right, the need, yeah. So now we're in a scenario where we're forced to change the rules of the election right before the election. And yeah, I mean, it's a, an absolute recipe for disaster. And I am, I have no idea how it's going to play out. I have no idea. Yeah. You've got, plus now you've got Supreme Court stuff happening. It's just a ridiculous, perfect storm. Trump is in there, which is, I mean, the Democrats hate him more than anything in the world. Yep. yep. And he hates them more than anything in the world. So it is just a perfect storm. It's. Yep. And we've got two more debates. Aren't you excited? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see if those happen. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know at this point. I, I, if yeah. they change so much so where they're muting people's mics and then people are like, well, if I'm going to be muted, then I'm not saying I can't say my point. So I'm just quitting or like, I, right. So it's going to be on C-SPAN next, I think is the next hosting the next debate. Yes, I think so. Uh, yeah. I'd be wrong about that, but I yeah. feel optimistic about the mute button. Yeah, I hope I hope it would work. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. How I don't think Trump is gonna like it. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> it might be enough for him to skip out or bring his own microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Gets muted halfway through. Oh, whips out a little. <laughs> exactly. Just a whole megaphone. 
<laughs> it's just yelling across the stage. Uh, oh my gosh. No, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see how the vice president debate goes. I probably won't watch all of it, but I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, especially. I mean, honestly, more, that might like, actually have some decorum. Like, more And more substance. <laughs> yeah, probably significantly so. I mean, Pence is definitely your statesman picture or whatever. And I think Kamala is a lot brighter than Biden or Trump. So <laughs> right. just, yeah. Yep. I don't know. When is that? Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. So less than a week. Oh, yeah. so it's yes. like literally they're like, because I mean the elections in a month. So it's, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, yeah. the rest three are in the next three weeks. Yeah. So. People are already voting and voting yep. and mail-in voting and, Oh my goodness. We've so, got Senate confirmations happening in 10, 11 days, 12 days. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it's ramping up. Well, I think that's all I've got for this debate. I think that's all I've got too. I mean, I know we didn't really go into a lot of it, but again, I don't see the point. Like, it's just such a mess. Yeah. I think for the next one, like, Trump has to, like, pull it back pull it back a little bit, has to calm yeah. down a little bit. He's yeah. got, to, if he wants to gain in the polls, he's got to win some people to his side or at least confirm some people to his side. And I yep. did not do that this week. Yeah. Um, so yeah. hopefully he, I, I, I mean, we'll see what he does next time. And Biden just has to continue not to have big mistakes. And yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we didn't talk about recommendation. I've got one, so Let's go. I'm this. So hopefully, this is something that will be very fun and people will like. So you shared a podcast last week, so I'm gonna share one as well. Uh, I'm gonna share my screen here. Um, hopefully, you can see that. Um, so this is a podcast called Do Go On, which is my personally favorite podcast, uh, or one of, and it is just, I think, a fantastic podcast. It's a Australian comedians? Yes. So I I'm super into Australian like podcasts and media. I find Australians hilarious. And so it's these three Australians who take turns reporting on a topic. So they'll take, you know, you've got OJ Simpson, like Trancy Bookheist, like Woodstock, like any kind of issue. One of them goes out and does all the research on it. And then they bring it back and they just talk about it to the other two and the other two interrupt as much as possible and make jokes. <laughs> it's incredible. That sounds amazing. Uh, they're they're often really long because the whole idea of the podcast is they get off topic and then do go on, continue the, continue talking. <laughs> Amazing. But they are very, very funny. You learn a lot. Um, all three of them are great friends and have great banter. So I would definitely- Sounds great. Do go on, so. How's your, how's your Australian accent? Oh, terrible. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> uh, I gotta no, I remember. Yeah, I just find out how to do it. Australian's really funny, and um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great fun time. So, love it. Cool. All right. Well, next week, uh, Supreme Court Part Two. Yes, and we have, have a special guest. Special so, guest. one of my roommates and good friends, uh, Pate Hubbard, is going to join us, and we're going to talk about continuing of the Supreme Court stuff from last time and then talking about some important cases from the Supreme yeah. Court 
throughout history. And I think we're going to do a fun segment of wacky and wild Supreme Court cases, which I think will <laughs> be really fun. Yeah, I'm I think it'll be about. awesome. I so, think, yeah, we'll probably have some words to talk about the vice president debate too. Yes. Probably won't be as many headlines. Please, God, let there not be as many headlines. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm sure that'll be fun to talk about too. So Yeah, we'll talk about Looking. that. We'll talk about Amy Coney Barrett a little bit, some of her yeah. past and history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll have plenty, plenty to talk about next week. So Yeah, yeah it'll be good. For, Looking forward to listening. it. Thanks yep. for tuning in. We're on Facebook and YouTube and Pocket Casts and Spotify and all the things. <laughs> So go check us out. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, thank you. Have a good one.